Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Steven Universe Diamond Days, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Justin Cummings, and today I'm joined by John McKenna. Hi, everybody, and happy 2019. Yeah, this is the first Overly Animated Podcast of 2019. We uh, we have the honor to be the absolute first ones to the table the new Steven episode Together Alone, which we'll be reviewing, aired on December 31st. The recap came up that day in the United States of America. Some of our fans may have found that in January, I suppose, but we recorded it in 2018. This episode's being recorded in 2019. Happy New Year, John. Happy New Year, Justin. One more trip around the sun? One more trip around the sun. And if you're like me and your resolution is to listen to more podcasts this year, you can find more about us at OverlyAnimated.com or subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. Did you like that little plug I did? I love that plug. With, with resolutions and, and podcast. I thought, I, thought I thought that was pretty clever. Hey. You know, we got we to gotta, we gotta sneak that in there however we can. So we are here to talk once again about the newest episode of Steven Universe, Together Alone. John, neither of us were on that initial recap pod, so we're just going to start getting our opinions on the episode. So, uh, as my guest, you may go first. Um, I I definitely enjoyed this, and I actually kind of preferred this to Familiar, surprisingly. I thought it was a really interesting look, a more in-depth look at Gem Society as a whole, particularly at the upper crust. And you really saw really very really upfront the real culture clash between the individualistic freewheeling nature of the crystal gems mixed with the rigid social hierarchies of homeworld and it came out in a way that was both almost unsettling uncomfortable almost offensive because of how they treated uh, how the diamonds treated our main characters and in the end we have that cliffhanger where stevani is chucked into a timeout chamber for fusing it makes it the play with all the gems the the scenery, the the format of the ball itself was all. It all came together in a way that was. It was. It was expository. There was a. Few, there were a few moments here and there where it felt like this was more of a, uh, more of like a table setting episode. But aside from that, it still felt like an episode that I'm glad we got to see because it'll because it'll set up the next maybe two or three episodes going forward. Particularly the movie Battle Heart and Mind coming up next, later this month. So I really enjoyed it, and I was really. I, there were moments where I was actually genuinely shocked and you know, sort of bad at the diamonds for how they acted on that. So this worked for me. They did a great job. Yeah, I agree. This was a really solid episode. I definitely, um, it was different than a lot of what we've seen in the past. It was, uh, it was really cool. I feel like now we're finally ramping back up because it did feel like we really rushed into this whole, not quite diamond redemption arc, but diamond acceptance arc, right? <laughs> They were still the mm. villains, but they were yellow and blue. We were at least tolerating, whereas it feels like we were kind of on thin ice. Like last episode, though, familiar, everything felt almost too chummy. Like the scene of Yellow Diamond and Steven of, do you got two and a half words? That's a record. Like Yellow joking around with Steven, like we did not get that familiar that quick. <laughs> whereas... See, see, I, yeah, this is the that, high quality humor you get. That's two puns in but less than this, 10 minutes. Uh, it, you know, when the cats are away, the mice will play. Absolutely. 
that's not a pun, it's an idiom. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this episode felt a lot more accurate as far as what the relationship should feel like. It's very tense. Like, we're on very thin ice with the diamonds. And oh, oh, we may have broken that very, that very fragile bond has snapped. And what's, uh, what's so great about this episode is this is the first episode where we've had all four pearls speaking. Mm. And so, like, we had Christina Ebersole speaking in as White Pearl in Legs From Here to Homeworld. And we had, of course, our Pearl speaking as uh, from D.D. Magno Hall. This is the first episode we've had D.D. as our Pearl, D.D. as Yellow, D.D. as Blue, and then Christina as White. And so the effect of her being the only Pearl not voiced by D.D. comes across so much better better when you have three dd pearls and then one non-dd pearl oh yeah and i absolutely. think that the the creepiness because like in like from here to homeworld okay yeah it's a different pearl voice but two characters two different voices it's a little more normal whereas three characters of one voice and then one with a different voice that that's when it really comes across and i think the effect works really really nicely and White Pearl will haunt my dreams from now on. She well, she was haunting my dreams Terrible. from the summer. She was haunting my dreams from the summer. And yeah, you're and you're absolutely right. When you have the two of them in the same episode, well, the four of them in the same episode, and you just you go through the the different variations of Dee Magnell Hall's voice, which she always does really well. And then you get to Christine Ebersole. It is so markedly different that you sort of flinch a little bit when she starts talking. Like, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, um, hi, White Pearl. So yeah. Yeah, it's um it's pretty creepy. It's really really creepy. So, let's get into this. Let's we are here for feedback, of course. And so let's start from the beginning of the episode. Let's talk about that dream sequence. I know we had a couple comments about that while I'm gathering the comment. Ah, here we go. Will we talk about the dream sequence of super long neck yellow diamond? Uh <laughs> How did that scene make you feel? Uh, I every every so often I feel like that the Crooniverse uh, reads Tumblr or they read the fan they go on Reddit or on any of the fan pages and they they knew about Giraffe Yellow Diamond was a yes. thing for a long time. I think they were pl- I think they were playing on that a little bit and it was kind of it was interesting both because of the long neck which I felt was sort of a a little nod to the fans but. Also, the fact she was smiling a little bit at Steven for him, for his juggling. I'm like, huh, that's a weirdly friendly yellow diamond. She's mm-hmm. just checking. She's checking in this. It's like it's it's obviously very silly. It's obviously very cartoonish. But at the same time, it's like and especially when you consider there's no dialogue in that opening. There is none. It's all music. It felt like I'm I watching... legitimately thought my feed was messed up and like. That somehow my internet was messing with me, or like audio channels were acting up. I'm like, where's the where's the dialogue? It upped the uh, it upped the trippiness a little bit, though. For a split second, I thought this was gonna be like, wait, are they gonna do an episode where nobody talks at all? It's just gonna be this, but no, it was just a dream. But it works really well. I'm not sure how much to read into uh, long neck yellow diamond, but all I knew is like it definitely added to the surreal quality of that sequence. Mm-hmm. And of course, that scene ends with, or that sequence ends with the scene that we saw in the trailers, and blew our minds. And we, I kind of figured it would not be what it looked like, 
But of course, Steven puking up all of Rose's hair. Oh yeah, that was um Oh that that shot messed with me so very much. Uh, yeah, um symbolism of him struggling to of him struggling to come to grips with the identity of his mother, of the fact that he's pink diamond. Is it a is it a potential symbolism of the identity crisis? It's quite possible. Especially considering he's cu- coughing up rose quartz hair, he's not coughing up pink diamond hair. I I wonder, and this is getting into theorizing, but if anyone's ever listened to a feedback episode, all we do is crazy theories on these shows. Is this a symbolism of Rose Rose's consciousness in the gem trying to push her way out because she thinks th- thinks things have gotten too much for Steven to handle and is trying to take over? Oh, but the but the, here's I, I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I see what you're going with this, but ever since the reveal, I've been finding it a lot harder to separate Rose Quartz from Pink Diamond as an indiv- as as distinct characters because it's becoming increasingly. It seems to be the case that Pink Diamond kind of acted like the Rose Quartz that we know, just from what Yellow and Blue Diamond have been and what Pearl have been telling us. So I don't know. It could be that. I think it could be, you know, trying to get grip on the situation, but it could be um, maybe Pink Diamond trying to manifest herself within in a form that Steven automatically knows and trusts. Well, I mean, Rose and Pink are the same person. Like Rose is just like it's literally like Zelda and Sheik in that oh, they're yeah. one in the same. Oh, I mean, they are. And but so they are. But there's still there's still, you know, you see a lot of the chatter, you know, the banter. It's they, there's still a lot of people that that go with they say they describe Rose Quartz and then they describe Pink Diamond. And they still there's still that remnant where they're two separate entities that they're still not yet mm-hmm. square in the minds of square in the minds of some viewers, myself included. I mean, I'm part of that, too. But it is, you know, it's one. It's that weird sort of. I don't know, that weird mishmash where it's like, you know, they're the same person, but they're not. And and I think that's this is something we haven't really gotten into is this makes the whole longstanding theory of will Steven ever talk to Rose? That's been a question since episode one. And we've kind of gotten an answer in like Storm in the Room. But like, will we ever go into like gem mind space a la um, Malachite <laughs> and see Steven talk to Rose? And so I think the question now becomes, would he talk to Rose or would he talk to Pink? And the argument for Rose is, this is who he's known his mom as. This is who he was raised idolizing. This is who he believes is his mother. Whereas Pink, I could see Steven also being like, no, if I'm going to talk to you, I want to talk to the real, original, true you. If they want me to be Pink Diamond, I want to talk to Pink Diamond. Like, I think there's an argument for both sides, and I think it makes what was just a two-character dichotomy of Steven and Rose now a three-character dichotomy mm. much more interesting. Absolutely. And, and all the while, he has to basically put on the act of being Pink Diamond, an identity he is not mm-hmm. comfortable with, in the Court of Diamonds with the fate of the planet at, at stake that he's put on himself and go through this party which is not only a completely foreign alien thing with the music and the rituals and the fact that his friends are treated like dirt, but also he has to put on this face in this really difficult environment. And he and in the end, you know, he he can't well, he 
you know, he lets his guard down. He starts to act like Steven, less like Pink Diamond, and the consequences were what they were. Mm-hmm. I I agree, and I think it's very indicative of, you know, you we could honestly just spend an hour just talking about the rose hair scene because it is so symbolic, but we're, we're not going to do that, I promise. But what's really, really interesting is, yeah, he's in this place where he's expected to be Pink Diamond, and because Rose is Pink Diamond, you could see, you could interpret this as Pink trying to come out in the place where it should be Pink, not Steven, right? Like, you could argue that, you know, being here is bringing up those memories, bringing up those feelings, a sense of deja vu almost. Hmm. And it's uh, it's just such a complex scene. It's so simple, but so complex. All right, let's um, yeah, let's get to the next comment on our website from good old frequent commenter Steve. Uh, I've been saying all along, if we get just one diamond to turn to our side, the most likely one is yellow. One thing I say about yellow of all the diamonds, she's the cool one. So that is why she is most likely would be one of our allies. I grew with Alex about White Diamond watching all of this through White Pearl. Speaking of pearls, Blue Pearl is just too precious, so innocent and pure. Blue Pearl paints pictures of Yellow Pearl shipping fuel. <laughs> so let's get into all that because I want to talk about all of these things. Uh, let's start with the diamonds. I think the consensus going into this episode, correct me if I'm wrong, was that Blue was the more relatable diamond. Whereas yellow was the more standoffish. Like, I think a lot of people sympathized more with blue. Hmm. Yes, uh, th- that's that's the impression I got. And because blue was mo- – because our first introduction on blue was her mourning the death of Pink Diamond mm-hmm. and her wanting to know – and her genuinely wanting to know what happened while yellow was more, you know, more, more action-oriented, less emotional, and more, you know – Okay, it's more like she internalized, like she definitely felt remorseful at, at Pink's death, at least at the time, but it was more about moving on, getting on with it, and going on to the next mission because she has others, because they both have colonies to attend to. So it's, you know, you have to pick up the pieces and move on. But I can see why Yellow would be the more likely ally because if there is, because she, I, th- I feel like she is, you know, she does want to help. The sent uh, the the ah, the corruptions after Steven. Yeah, yeah. Them. She seemed she seemed oddly interested. Like I mean, not oddly interested, but like for what we know of the diamonds, of like eh, blow up the planet. The fact that she cared about these millennia gone soldiers, you know that that does speak something. Right, and she generally, and remember going back to legs to uh, legs from here to home world. To them, the last six thousand years were a colossal failure because of what happened on Earth. And she wants to, you know, she wants to find some way of maybe getting back on track. And she feels, and I think of the two, she is the one that could probably go up to White Diamond and rationalize with her in a way that gets results because she has that, she has that. Neutral. She has that mind, that strong mindset of getting the job mm-hmm. done and doing what needs to be done in the right way, which unfortunately for her, which becomes the problem later on at the party, which I guess, which I think we'll get to where, where Steven doesn't do the right way as society shows where she, now he only fuses with a human, the Garnet refuses. Uh, we get Opal. We got Opal. Yay. We got uh, Opal. The watch is over. We can all relax. Opal has returned to us. No, Amy Mon, but still she's returned to us. And then you have that two jades thing. 
where all of a sudden yells like, that's not the way, that's not what we're supposed to do. What are you doing? And, you know, so it's definitely she's on side, but also still very much wanting to do it like the the so the, the quote unquote right and proper way, even if it means even if it means having to uh even if it means having the crystal gems act completely against what they've always believed about themselves. Mm-hmm. And and I think that it's very interesting that because I mean yeah, yellow is kind of, yellow seemed a little more lenient of pink's behavior, whereas blue was like very, very by the books mm. of like Oh, well, this amethyst is going to need limb enhancers. You know, the ruby and sapphire can enter separately. Um, the pet. Which... Yeah, that, I, I, yeah, that was the one that got me because it's like, OK, Garnet being called, you know, Garnet being seen as, you know, as an abomination. Yeah, Peridot's done that already. Garnet is like you can see Garnet like trying to like restrain just like punching blue boo diamond right in the face. But it's like mm-hmm. calling Connie a pet. I was like, dang, that's no, that's like, which. You, do not, don't do like, that to Connie. Similar to how the whole, like, Garnet, you know, was foreshadowed of Peridot, the Connie being called Pet is kind of foreshadowed with, like, we have the human zoo. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we already know that the gems see them as, like, lower life forms as animals. So, like, that, it's precedented, but... um. Also, Connie brushes that off so easily, and, like, we're we're getting resolution from that in the next episode. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing like, is, it's, like, they all know, like, they're there for, they all know, they're all there for the mission, though, and it's, like, mm-hmm. Connie, I, I think maybe Connie will say that. Garnet does, too. I mean, she she does go, to, she does go to the party and goes along with being separated because of Steven, because of the mission. But also, Connie mm-hmm. doesn't have quite the same uh, background with Like, where uh, else the is diamonds. Connie gonna go? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Garnet, you know, Garnet, I mean, Ru- the Ruby part of Garnet was under shattering orders for the initial fusion. So there is a bo- there is a history there. Oh, yeah. Which they never, um, which, which I just realized they didn't get to. Hasn't, hasn't Blue Diamond looked at Garnet and said, hey, wait a minute, you're the one that fused in my sapphire. Yeah. That's, Why is that, how has that not come up yet? That's a very odd part that's been left out that definitely needs to be addressed at some point yeah, so, I'm looking at, okay, just i'm looking at it, i was like yeah you the whole story was like you fuse them in my court you shall be broken for this i'm like she's standing right there you can break her right now why haven't you why have you forgotten this already it's been six thousand years <laughs> maybe longer um or shorter so we'll quickly answer this we agree that white diamond was so watching through pearl's eye right oh like, yeah like not even in question nope um, so getting on to the other pearls, blue pearls, adorable. I like to draw. <laughs> My she... diamond lets me draw during court proceedings. And I literally picture blue pearl as the small child dragged along to the parents meetings and just sitting there drawing, trying to stay busy. <laughs> that like, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> blue pearls, precious. Like I like to draw. And she has all I, the. I love she has, she's got all the drawings. She still has the one from the trial where Steven's getting zapped, which I, which yes. I loved too. Um, and it, it it reframes the trial in a whole new light of yellow pearls. Like, must do whatever my diamond says. Blue pearls, like draw the pictures. <laughs> like it just it it really helps distinguish the different pearls' personalities. Oh, absolutely, and they and you can tell that they are reflections of their diamonds in both mm-hmm. cases too mm-hmm. 
Speaking of reflections of their diamonds, Blue Diamond's um, accent finally coming through a little bit. Lisa Hannigan's accent, I definitely heard it more in this episode than any other episode. Uh, yeah, that, li- that little Irish twang is creeping in. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit, just a little bit started slipping in there. And I'm like, okay, it's definite, which just makes me want her to sing even more because we have yet to have like a Celtic folk singer on Steven Universe. And I just, uh, just like you have her in the studio, please. Like you have two Broadway icons and a um, Celtic folk singer in the same room. Like if. My Little Pony can squeeze out a song from a Broadway singer. So can you guys. Come on. Yeah, Hannigan, Lupone, Ebersol. They have Toss and Zach like, Allison in there, too. For quartet. Let's do it. I heh, More like Diamond Court at... Hey! Court, like court of, hey! Or, different pun, Quartz at... <laughs> uh, at we this, have fun. At this point, everyone that's listening on YouTube is throwing things at their screen, probably. They're angrily commenting, feedback to this. Justin's <laughs> puns are the most annoying. No, if anyone if anyone clicked on the episode, saw join Justin and John and didn't realize that this is what the episode would be, that's their problem. Oh, yeah. They're either brand new listeners, and I encourage you to go listen to anything by... Dylan or Delaney or Michelle or Sam or Andy or Alex, um, whoever else is hosting, literally anything that I'm not hosting. Like, if you don't <laughs> like my hosting, I promise I'm not the only host. There are plenty of others who are much more um, refined. So hey, I, let's get it. Hey, we're answering we're answering viewer questions. You're, you're having fun with the episode. You're having fun with us. We'd love to have fun with you, too. We love having fun. So let's get into another one. Uh, kind of a tone I saw in the YouTube comments was about uh, Yellow Diamond violated public protocol by disciplining subjects of a different diamond's court, which, yeah, that's um probably not okay. Blue Diamond, despite her condescending tone to Garnet, I still love her. The Those poor jades, I think we're saying, uh, that were poofed for fusing, all of that. Um, this episode makes me think that yellow is nicer than blue. Just a lot of this about the actions of the two diamonds, yellow and blue. Uh, I've, I've seen, not not from our fans, but I've seen some hate online of like, you know, how dare they have the um, diamonds act this way? And I'm like, they're villains. Sort of. You know, like this, ep- the, the last couple of episodes, we've been tolerant of them. Like we've been neutral, but this episode reminded us like, no. They are still the matriarchs of this society that we believe is objectively wrong. Mm. You know, they hurt like, yeah, they still hate Garnet. Not everything is resolved because Steven said hi. Yeah. And there is and they and there is still this rigid class system where Mm -hmm. everybody has to have everyone is in their role. It has their uh, capacity. Even hey, even the overhead shot of all the Jades dancing, they looked like cogs in a machine. Oh, that shot was so good. It was brilliant. I mean, because we saw the design when the first pair walked up of like, oh, they look like gears. And then we get that overhead of all of them just dancing and rotating. And like that shot was so good. It was it's one of the most memorable to me. Single single frames from Steven Universe is just that overhead because they don't really do overheads in Steven. Like that's not an angle the show does. And. 
as a as a film student, like a lot of people don't think about, you know, oh, it doesn't matter what angle it does. Every every movie you've ever seen, every show you've ever seen has a has a library basically of kinds of shots that they do. And, you know, they'll have like their familiar shots. And so when they do something like this, this overhead that, you know, they've never really done before, it's going to jar you because the language of that particular movie is not that kind of shot. And so it's, it was really, I don't want to call it risky because I mean, it's Steven Universe. We'll love whatever they do. But doing that kind of a shot is just not something we've really seen from them. And it, fit so perfectly well you know that that is the kind of shot you usually only see in big ballroom shots you know you probably saw it i'm sure there was one in harry potter and the goblet of fire during the big ballroom dance barry linden's another movie that i'm sure had quite a few that the overhead shot like that is usually reserved for big dance scenes like a big dance hall like that's what that shot means and so i think they used it brilliantly um don't don't do it again because like it worked in this scene because it like it's just it, it's so hard to explain without getting super duper technical and boring half our audience right three quarters of our audience I'm I'm overestimating <laughs> but it's that that shot really just made me stop and think but yeah the diamonds like had no qualms poofing garnet opal uh, the homeworld fusion which what was your reaction when they fused. Uh, when who fused? Stevani uh, or the Jades? Uh, when the Jades fused, I didn't really think of think of it much at first. But then on rewatch, I went back and I remember one of them was crying when Blue Diamond walked in. She didn't. Mm-hmm. She didn't contain. She didn't control her emotions as Blue Pearl suggested. Uh, but th- then I was like, oh wait a minute, it's those two. And there's another Jade consoling that one. And then when they fused, because at first thing I thought I was like. Where did you come from? You don't matter to to anybody. But then you realize, nope, actually, and that and that's actually why I brought up the the gear, the overhead shot, because you realize it's like this is a mechan- this is a society that's meant to run like a well oiled machine. You don't. There's no such thing as the individualist cog in a machine, because mm-hmm. then the machine breaks. So that action by the jades to fuse is both a symbol of resistance to the to the social hierarchy, even from within the court. Which you probably think has to be even more embarrassing because here are very loyal people in a court in front of the diamonds, just totally breaching protocol and doing what they're not supposed to, and it's a sign that that there is an un, that it's not a completely accepted system, which makes it all the more harsh when Yellow Diamond still asserts the author, assert Yellow and Blue Diamond assert their authority and punish such mm-hmm. trans such transgression. But yeah, going back to what going back to what we began with about how I'm very surprised there's a lot of people more sympathetic with on Team Yellow than Team Blue. I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting that, but I do get it. Um, they are still villains. They haven't yes. really they haven't they haven't acknowledged. Oh, it's wrong for us to colonize all these plants and turn them into warehouses and minefields and all that. They have not done that yet. They right now, as far as they're concerned, they're still trying to cover cover for their own mess rather than like we admit, haven't. Yeah, like, we haven't seen uh, the other planets that have been colonized, but, like, the fact that they knew when they got to Earth, oh, organic life, you know, we don't care about that, means in this show, we are not the only, humans aren't the only sentient species, like, there are other organic sentient species that the diamonds, like, they, and Earth is the only one that failed, 
So theoretically, you can go back and look at those shots in the murals on the moon. Every one of those planets the uh, diamonds are holding is a colony. That racks up. We're somewhere in the 20s of complete genocides of entire planets. Like, that's... That is a crime on a scale of which humanity cannot conceive. Exactly. And so, like... Yeah, like, one trip to the sauna is not going to override the, you know, literally destruction on a scale that we cannot fathom. Right, and and, 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 it's, and it's important to keep motive into perspective. This is not, they aren't friends, they're just allies of convenience. Correct. And, and, fr- and frankly, I think the yellow, as far as yellow is concerned, especially, particularly yellow is concerned, it's not so much about really wanting to save Earth because she feels great about Earth. She saw Funland and was amazed. She saw Onion, was even more amazed. It wasn't any of that. It was more like, okay, let's just fix Earth, get it back to where it is, and then forget this whole thing ever happened and just mm-hmm. leave it alone. It's not so much, we're sorry we did this. It's more, let's just wipe the slate clean and move on to the next planet. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot to process. It's a very complex situation. Which I'm glad we're at a point where we can have these nuanced relationships, where it's not just villain to hero. And and this is what I and and this is going back on a Discord comment um, on another on a completely different channel. The fact that we have nuanced villains now in kids animation is, I think, one of the best developments of the past uh, ten years because this means because you get so much deeper story, so much better like philosophical and social commentary. Great discussions are born from that, and it does make stories a lot richer when you have developed villains as well as developed heroes Mm -hmm. and i i I just saw a comment yesterday talking about you know how old certain shows are and it's like uh codename kids next door just turned 17 this year or will in december and it's like that was a show even you know another cartoon network original that it had surprisingly nuance to its villains like it had twists and turns of how its villains were portrayed and I, i truly think that like the 21st century of animation has truly been pushing that forward. I mean, Western animation anime obviously has had nuanced villains for quite a while. You know, they've had, they, they, they were ahead of the curve on that one. But as far as Western animation, like we've seen in the last couple decades, really seen this building. And I think a show like Steven, a show like star, a show like Voltron really shows how far we're willing to go in these kind of moral gray area characters that were previously reserved for just like what's often called prestige television, you know, Mm. limited season numbers, limited episodes per season. You know, those are the shows that could have these complex characters. And now we're seeing it in basically the modern version of a Saturday morning cartoon. Right. And that development to me is just, incredible yeah and And i I don't think that can be overstated yeah and uh right um there's another there's actually a comment that i saw on uh comment i saw on discord i think also the on the recap pod they talked about this as well did you notice the pearl in steven's dream yeah it's it's definitely white's pearl like white's current pearl but wait a minute she's pink though but and has both eyes same person Oh, it's the same pearl. It's the same pearl. Like, if you don't think it's the same pearl, like, you've never watched media. Unless you have, like, your own crazy fan theory of, like, White was so envious of Pink's pearl that she modeled hers after it. And when she wouldn't behave perfectly, she cracked her up. Ooh, I like that. 
So then now the point being that no, it's it's the same pearl. Like it's the same because we've never seen the 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 buns style, the Princess Leia hair on the pearls. Right, and that means if pink pearl became white pearl, does that mean white the white pearl became the pink pearl, and the pink pearl is our pearl? It would fit the location theory. Yep, that was um. I think it was uh, I think his name was I want to say it was Stephen LP mm-hmm. on Discord. Uh, that's that's not the same. That is not the same Steve. It's a different. It's another Steve. Uh, we have two. Well, we have two Steves uh, commenting. That's great. Um, it's secretly uh, Stephen Sugar. Yes, he watches us. I don't know if he does or not, but um, but no, it's like he talked about the gem placement. He talked about gem uh, gem placement mm-hmm. theory, and he brought that. I was like, you know, that's a really good point. Which, if you go back and listen to some of our earlier episodes, I was the first person to ever posit that theory on the podcast. So we should just I should just I ask you I should just, I should years. ask you about what happens for the next three next three episodes then should I? Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where I've been like on the crazy theory bandwagon since like season two. And <laughs> it's been a running gag. You can go back, there's some great moments um where I was predicting things for like a season. There was a point in time where Dylan banned me from discussing centipedal <laughs> theories. Because he's like, centipedals never coming back. This is like after Monster Buddies. He's like, centipedals never coming back. Then Monster Reunion happened. And I'm like, Dylan, can I talk about centipedal now? <laughs> and um, yeah, I I was also one of the first people. I was the first person from Overly Animated, at least, to know about the whole Christina Ebersole White Diamond theory. I didn't come up with it. I'm not claiming it. Heard about it on Reddit. Apparently somebody heard it from Patty Lapone. After a Broadway show, I just happened to find a Reddit post. Um, it's, it's like Patty Lapone just dro- spills the beans at a random Broadway post. Next thing you know, it's on Reddit and has 25,000 upvotes. You know that? I'm just going to start, like, become an Ali and AJ fanboy and just follow the account. Because, of course, AJ is Stevani. And just uh, just watch and wait and see what happens and just eventually get them to leak something. Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've got my own ways. But, no, I... I'm very happy that it that this seems to reaffirm gem placement theory might be a thing. Mm. Because of course when we found out that white R Pearl was pinks, then I'm like, that that completely ruins gem placement theory. No, like it, it ruins it. It it can't no. And and so that that kind of upset me. But this gives us a possible work about a possible solution. That makes me very, very happy. Right. So yeah, th- uh, thanks to uh, thanks to Stephen. I think its name is Stephen LP on Discord mm-hmm. for for that comment. Uh, thanks for bringing that back up. One more one more Discord comment, and then we're gonna head out. We're gonna we're gonna call it a night. Uh, from Alex on Discord. Basically, what if White Diamond or the other diamonds are gonna try brainwashing the Crystal Gems? Hence, Battle of Heart and Mind. Of course, we have one more episode left in this kind of weekly run. Then we have a week hiatus, and then we come back on the twenty first for a one hour. I guess our special, our movie, TV movie. Um, it will not be eligible for an Emmy for TV movie because that must be 75 minutes. But uh, yeah, basically TV movie of Battle of Heart and Mind. Where do you think that name is coming from? Uh, well, the obvious an- well, the obvious answer would have been that it's the this is the big confrontation with White Diamond over can you can you reset earth back to some semblance of normalcy with these, with these gems? But the brain, the idea of brainwashing, it's honestly, it doesn't, I, I, I could actually on, I can honestly see that to be perfectly honest, because 
you still I still think about White Pearl. She almost she's almost like an extension of White Diamond's body almost. Like she does she seems to be almost on autopilot. Like has probably the least amount of independent agency of any of the other any of the other pearls or the other diamonds as a whole. So brainwashing could I think that was talked about back when Legs debuted that that was a possible character trait of hers, but yeah, it, I think it is like where Steven has to fight uh, or Stevani, I should say, has to fight off, you know, the brainwash attempts. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it is a wild card theory. I think it could be an actual literal battle with like an apoc like with a fusion. Maybe we don't know all uh, the fusions, but, you know, mind control, you know, mind control rehabilitation, because, you know, every every single gem has been has been poofed right now that we care about. Mm-hmm. And and plus the two jades who we might still care about. Who so, we will grow to care about. <gasps> Can they join Lars in the off colors? Yes, please. There's room on the ship. Um, but so, you know, maybe they could reform and maybe be uh controlled by white white diamond. That'd be a really Oh, that'd be creepy. That would be that would, it'd be creepy, but it'd be really interesting. So I And could, they're all voiced by Christina Ebersole. Oh my god, yes. Oh, I need this. Yeah, no, it, it would almost have to be because it's like the because the alternative I guess would be like dead would be like maybe a deadpan voice acting by all by all of them, but it's like well, Stella's kind of already deadpan, so I'm not sure it worked, but it would be it would be fascinating to see that. So I I I'd like I'd like to see that. I am genuinely interested to see. I'm getting more and more interested about that TV movie as we go on. So yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna it's keeping in mind that it is four episodes basically put together as a special. Like, we don't know if they are part one, part two, part three, part four, or, like, we don't know how they were produced. Like, we, we have no it, idea. Were I've, they I've, meant to be, like, a block? Were they meant to be watched, like, as an hour? Were they meant to be, is it, like, three in a row and then, like, an epilogue? Like, we don't know. I, I'm, I'm basing, I'm, I'm going to assume it's probably going to be the same as Wanted, where it was one event split among four episodes mm-hmm. where where it's like you need to where you can watch just one and not the others but you do but they all work in sequence in sequence right so i think that's that's where i'm going for it could be a full hour length episode too um but i think but unlike wanted and a little bit and and unlike uh unlike wanted this one actually had this one has a lot of a lot more ramp up to it though too mm-hmm. so it's like there's hype building then we're gonna get the week-long break so you're like we gotta wait two weeks this is torture how can you make us wait two weeks for a new episode cartoon network when we had just waited like what six months five yeah. months something ridiculous like that yeah but that's dead this is now we can't wait two yeah. weeks five months yes two weeks no but but so it's gonna so it's re it's ramping up to something huge. Yeah, it's gonna, it's, all the rumors are saying that Battle of Heart and Mind is the end of season five. We don't know if they've been greenlit for a season six, like we all think they have, but we don't know that 100% for sure. We know we have like the movie at some point, like that was announced at SDCC, which is not Battle of Heart and Mind. Right, no. All we know though, Battle of Heart and Mind might be the series finale. I'm Uh, not saying it is, uh, I'm not well, saying it is, but for all that we have been directly told by Cartoon Network, it could be. Or okay, it, at least it was originally conceived to be. I've heard a lot of theories that, like, this is, like, the end of the original concept of Steven. 
Well, yes, um, there is there is definitely an there is a uh, there is a sense that this is the end of the first era of Stephen Ewers because a lot of the I mean, yeah yeah hey era three has just started and it's era two for the show but um, it's like originally the plan was for five for five scenes but there are more episodes uh, either in production or are or have been made there is plans for more seasons it has not been officially greenlit yet I don't think uh, but it. I am. I don't think this is the. Ser- I do not think this is the series now. But it is the. It's probably the. Cul- I think Saber State is the culmination of one chapter of the Steven Universe epic. Yeah, I don't think begin, it's going to be. And a new one. And a new one will begin soon. We just don't know what what that new one will consist of, its themes, or any of that. But I. Yeah. I'd be surprised. I. I don't think this is. I do not believe that this is the end. I don't think it's the end per se. But that being said. I also remember back in like 2014, 2015, whenever it was at E3, when they announced Kingdom Hearts 3 was finally happening. It took four years, but the whole time Namora was saying, oh, this is only the end of the Xehanort saga. There will be more Kingdom Hearts after 3. Like, this is the end of this saga. This is the end of this arc. It's taken four years from that point. Like, no, like we're probably never getting another game after 3. And so whenever someone's like, no, 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 we promise we're not done. It's just the end of the first era. I'm like, I don't trust you anymore. Yeah, but Kingdom King- Hearts, you, you've been waiting four years from Kingdom Hearts. Hopefully, uh, hopefully when this arc is done, we'll only be waiting. We'll be waiting way less than that for the, you know, hopefully, for the rest of the batch. But, hopefully, but, you know, I've, I've been burned by creators over-promising one too many times. And I don't think Rebecca would do that. I don't think, like, I don't think the Crooniverse is quite... You know, they're not Peter Molyneux. They're not going to overpromise the world and then give us nothing. So if they're saying there's more, I trust it. But, you know, I don't know if that's going to be a show. Is that going to be a comic? Is that going to be a video game? Like, what? what's the next thing? So I, I at least, I yeah, feel like this is going to be I'm the biggest moment we've ever had. Oh, like, no, I'm excited in that this is going to be the biggest thing the show has ever done. Up to this point, yes. And I remember being on the podcast for Bismuth when that was the biggest thing the show had ever done. Like, I I just, it's been such an honor to see this show grow to what it is. And to be yeah. able to have this kind of an episode after seasons of, you know, me being the White Diamond Theory watch guy of, well, you know, we saw this symbol in a corner of a panel, like... <laughs> finally like we've ramped up you know white diamond is real white diamond exists white diamond is here and you know it's all been building up to this since the very very beginning and, and yeah and, and then and of course we and of course we we love theorizing about this we love theorizing and the theories sometimes do come true and theories do come true sometimes though i still going back to what business said the one thing i loved uh I, I was talking with my friend after that episode on facebook and i still and i captured this the moment that a single pale rose ended i cap i took a screenshot of our uh, comment thread and said to him, he literally said, well, this puts to rest the roses pink diamond theory, doesn't it? She can't be pink diamond if she came from the earth. And I was like, uh, yep, you, uh, want to recant that right now? <laughs> yeah, that, um, well, yeah. this is full of misdirection. It really is. Uh, oh yeah. Then they've handled the, mis- they've handled the pink diamond mystery arc extraordinarily well through, through this mm-hmm. whole season. I, I trust Rebecca Sugar. I trust the crew universe. I believe, I truly believe that this is going to end one great chapter of the show, and there's going to be a lot more coming. I try, I do, I do trust in them, and I trust in them, and I trust, and, and I trust Cartoon, and I trust Cartoon Network to give us to get to give us this 
in in a well, I trust Cardinard to give it to give us this in in a in a reasonable in a reasonable time and at and at reasonable convenience. Oh, that's cute. That's a cute thought. I hope I am entering this year hopeful. Okay, that's I a want great, to be positive. It's gonna be a great year, honestly. With all the new shows we're getting, we're getting the first like Avatar novel this year. Like, it's gonna be a good year. Like, I'm excited. What What are you most excited for that we're gonna be talking about in 2019? Besides Steven, obviously, because Battle Heart and Mind is on everyone's mind. Um. Well, I. There's there's so many great uh, anime. There's some so much great animation coming out, and I expect that we'll and I expect we'll be talking about that animation. Oh yes, we'll be talking about a lot of it in coming up though. Uh, the one I'm most excited for is, and I swear I am not saying this to troll anybody, is Genlock. Uh, Rooster okay. Teeth. Rooster, I've been following. I've followed Ruby starting last year. I absolutely love that show. I've I've seen the previews of Genlock. I've heard the voice acting. Uh, Rooster Teeth right now is. It has is guns ablaze in as far as their animation is concerned, and that show looks really amazing. I am, and it's coming out later this month, and I do, and I'm hoping that it lives up to the hype. And as far and as far as Cartoon Network is concerned, Infinity Train might be coming this year, yep. and I think I, it's confirmed coming 2019. Yes, when 2019 is it's just is, 2019. Yeah, um, you know, we uh, actually there is a pod we we overly animated did a podcast about the about the pilot. It's available on our general. It's available on our general feed. Uh, we, I think, anyone who saw, most of us that saw it, loved it, and we are really excited about that show coming forward because it is such a really cool idea that Cartoon Network is doing. So yeah, they have a few of their stuff coming to fruition this year. Victor and Valentino, I think, is this year. Apparently, Forever Twelve has been picked up for series, hmm. which I did not expect. Because if no one's seen that pilot, it's basically Chalk Zone. Like I'm, uh, apparently Salt. that's been picked up Salt. for series. Salt. You, said chalk, you said chalk zone. I'm sold. Yeah. If you haven't seen that pilot, go watch it. Honestly, if you haven't seen every Cartoon Network pilot the last couple of years, like if you're not watching pilots, like please do it. You see so much interesting stuff that you just wouldn't happen across otherwise. Like when I saw the Infinity Train pilot, I was sold in a heartbeat as soon as I saw the Corgis. Corgis. Of uh, it's just so good. Yeah. yeah um, it's gonna be a great year. Yep. Uh, and. Yeah, and, I, and Alex said, and Alex gave a great send off in the recap pod. Uh, thanks to all those who listened to us in 2019. Uh, we hope you'll stay with us 2019. Bring your friends. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a lot of fun with Steven Universe and all the other stuff. St- tune tune in, kick back, and and come along for the ride with us. It's a great way to end this. You can find all the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. As we mentioned, we do have a Discord. Join us on Discord, where we talk all kinds of stuff about animation at overlyanimated.com slash Discord, or support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, cast, cast, Carter, a.k.a. Cardboard. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Hugh. Coming up, we will, of course, have the next week's Steven Universe. Is Ruby still going, or was this the finale? Uh, Ruby is having a new episode, so, uh, join Team Da, that's what some fan, I think some fans call that, Team Da, we'll be covering ne- this week's episode pretty soon, so, uh, yeah, join us then. And then, after that, we'll have, yeah, some Steven coming up, and, ooh, Young Justice starts very, very soon. Young Justice is finally returning after a long time away. The first three episodes will debut on DC Universe on Friday, January 4th. This weekend, I believe Andy will be leading a discussion on those first three episodes. And then when I return from a well-deserved vacation, 
I will be leading slash joining in discussions about the rest of this first half of the season as we go through the rest of January. A lot of good stuff happening right off the bat in 2019. It's a great time to be an animation fan. It's a great time to talk about animation with us over at Discord. And we hope you all enjoy. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Take care.